Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Today's episode is brought to you by Fox and Stallion. Fox and Stallion is a Victorian mystery comedy fiction podcast about the best detective team on Baker Street. No, not that one. Season 2 will be airing in 2024 and is currently crowdfunding through May 1st. They have stickers, personalized in-universe thank you letters with wax seal, calligraphy, and all of it, and even a tier where they solve a mystery that you send them. They do want me to note Fox and Stallion cannot guarantee the solving of any mysteries, but they will try their absolute hardest for three to five audio minutes. This show also has everything you could want. Jewel heists, asexual detectives, lavender marriages, and a really old cat. You can find and listen to Fox and Stallion anywhere you listen to podcasts or on their website, 224bbaker.com. That's 224bbaker.com. Hi there. My name's Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Thank you so much for listening to the Museum at Tomorrow. If you want to learn more about the show, go to nilsgardner.com. That's N-I-L-S-G-A-R-D-N-E-R.com. You can also support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash nilsgardner. I really appreciate any support you're able to give independent audio work like this. Thank you so much, and enjoy. It's really scary. A lack of control. There's a line. No. Trees. No. A field bordered by trees. No. field of plowed and harvested crops. But yeah, so that's why it so it was so striking and stunning that said to me, you're going to be just like your mother. You're going to be alone. You're going to look back at this in 20 years and it'll be the worst decision of your life. Because I believed him. And I did it anyway.
Um, so the word alone. So the word alone. There's a set of drawers. The number of times I've like, even as an adult, not as starkly, but like not been in a relationship and like had a like sobbing, moaning, screaming, crying, like like hair rending, wailing kind of a freak out because I'm alone is... More than once. Probably need to bring it up in therapy. A small pewter wizard. But, yeah, so there's that. A gift from a godmother. Unspeakably valuable now. Like I, I thought about it. I was like, oh no, I'm staying here. Like I love you to death, and I would like go anywhere with you, and I would do anything for you. But if you're asking me what I want for me, it I want to be here. Me I don't want to move. I don't want to move again. I've moved too many school. times in my life. And I don't want I to very start a new school. school and I don't want to try to make new friends because I'm terrible at it. Large and like, I think school. that like I'll just make it work here. And the building just dwarfed me. I am here alone. But there's a door. It swings open. I walk out into the hallway. And, and, you know, when my mom was doing her art pieces, um, it was down this pathway. It was like a detached garage, but it was like sort of like maybe a half block, half a Chicago block, uh, the building, the outbuilding was, which was her studio. And um, she would be upstairs in the studio. And if I woke up, and I was alone in the house. And it happened all the time. I'd wake up and I'd be alone in the house. And I would just freak out. And I would have to like pad, you know, as like a 10, 11 year old and six year old and however old, um, pad down this like, you know, half block in the middle of nowhere in the dark and um, bang on the studio door because it was locked and I was locked away from her. I'm standing in front of a massive frame. The painting is larger than I am. Tall columns stretch back into the distance. 
lions and thinkers guard the foreground. There is water here and some green, but not much. One woman stretches her hand out to a dog. The dog does not see her. Three women focus on the children and their care. Like the dog, the child does not see them. Slinking off into the distance is a man wrapped in red cloth with laurel leaves on his brow. If he has had a victory here, it cannot be seen in the painting. There are people looking in through the ruined hole in the ceiling. It has become a skylight. They watch the people on the ground, pointing them out. Everyone in this painting is reaching for something. Carved blocks the size of people litter the ground. Some of them are displaced from the stairs. Others seem to have fallen from the ceiling. Water pours from a man's face below a god. She alone is looking out. The beginning of this story, to set the scene, a small hallway, is it's the middle of the summer, and it's one of those weeks where it was like 100 degrees for seven days in a row. And it's hot and sticky, and it hasn't rained in like two straight weeks. I walk out in the hallway. And then, as it starts to get to be dusk, suddenly... I look closer. There's a thunderstorm. The entire sky just like opens up and starts torrentially pouring. Okay. Another painting. This one, too, is set in the ruins of an ancient civilization. The architecture dwarfs the people. Lions stare introspectively at each other. Philosophers without names, carved in stone, seem to be urging for gentleness. But below them, an old man begs two younger men for help. Their body language does not say that he will receive it. stone lovers carved into a block share more intimacy than anyone else here. The man in red cloth is back. A stone spire looms behind the scene, somehow more ancient than the ruins it is enclosed by. You know, I'm not very good at being alone. I open my eyes. Even now. Um, but I close my eyes. I moved in an apartment by myself in Rogers I Park and eyes. with well with my dog. Hero. The hall does not go um, away. And I held him every night. And I was so scared. You know, when I was a kid, if I was awake and everybody else in the house would go to sleep. I've never seen this place like, before. I was so afraid of being the only person awake in the house. 
of being and alone in that way. That if I thought that was happening, or if I woke up in the night, I would sob inconsolably for hours because I was so afraid of being alone. And this happened until I was like 13. This is not like um, early childhood stuff. This is like like broken kid stuff. Um, A trove of beauty and I do not stop for it. Left, straight, left, right. Double back, right. Double back, straight. As I pass things, I am terrified I will never see them again. I stop. I am deeply and profoundly lost. I feel like there's something I've been trying not to see all my life. I think I'm ready to look now. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. 
Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224bbaker or on our website 224bbaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.